These are some of the major stories which made the news this week in The Hunter. The New South Wales Department of Primary Industries started its Oyster Reef Restoration Project pilot in The Hunter on Tuesday. Researchers will be testing various oyster reef restoration methods implemented within Port Stephens to identify which practices work best to restore key habitats. Fisheries Manager Kirk Dahl said there are a range of reasons why Port Stephens was chosen for the pilot. It's also an estuary that still has a few small remaining natural oyster reefs which means the system is still uh, capable of supporting these habitat types and it's a great place for us to trial our methodologies to see if we can replicate this type of habitat in an area where we know it can be successful. A potential rate rise for Port Stephens residents came one step closer to reality on Wednesday. Council voted on Tuesday night to apply to the Independent Pricing and Regulatory Tribunal to gain approval for a rate increase of 7.5% over seven years and many residents are concerned they won't be able to afford the new cost. Mayor Ryan Palmer said Council will work with charities to assist those who need the help. We want to make sure that we're catching those who are most vulnerable in the community and we've introduced a new rates assistance program to ensure those who can least afford any rate rise has that assistance. But West Ward Councillor Giacomo Arnett, who fought against the rate variation, said the program won't be enough for everyone who needs it. The rate assistance program looks good on paper, but when you actually drill into the details, it's not going to provide the enough assistance for people who are going to need it. It's only going to have enough money put into it to support 100 people per year. The charities are saying that they estimate 200 people per year will be needing it. Police made a dramatic arrest of a wanted man at Aberdare on Thursday morning. Acting on a tip-off, officers forced their way into a Northcote Avenue home, arresting two men aged 26 and 27, along with a 33-year-old woman. It's alleged the woman tried to divert officers away by making a triple-zero call, falsely claiming there'd been a stabbing at Cessnock. The 27-year-old man was charged over a police pursuit, stealing offences and an outstanding warrant, while the woman was charged with making a vexatious call to emergency services and possessing an illegal drug. Plans to build a double-storey unit complex on Musselbrook's Bloodwood Road were on Thursday met with concern by the local community. Approximately 150 members of the Musselbrook Community Residence Group gathered at the site on Wednesday night, expressing concern over dangerous traffic conditions, high-density development and the loss of native animal habitat. General Manager Fiona Plesman said Council encouraged community members to have their say. They can um, send their submission into uh, Council's um, email address. It's open for submissions until the 15th of February. Information about uh, the development application is on our website and you can receive detailed information or if it's a bit hard to find it on the website, you can come to Council's administration building. The state government announced on Thursday the Newcastle Light Rail will be officially launched on the 18th of February. An open day will be held on the 17th to celebrate its completion and to thank the community for their patience. During the open day, residents will be able to ride the light rail free of charge and each of the six stomps will have unique events for all ages. Port of Newcastle continued to argue for the diversification of the city's port when the parliamentary inquiry into its privatisation held a public hearing on Thursday. Port of Newcastle Chief Executive Craig Carmody accused New South Wales ports of scaremongering and spreading misinformation as it argued against the diversification of Newcastle's coal terminal. Parliamentary Secretary for the Hunter, Scott MacDonald, said the inquiry was yet to hear all the information. Look, we heard a number of, I guess, opposing arguments um, the Port Botany made it clear that they've got a lot of capacity left in Botany. Uh, they've 
They've got capacity there for about 7 million containers a year. At the moment, they only do about 2.5 million containers. So there's a long period of time before that capacity is reached there. The Musselbrook Bypass Project faced yet another setback on Thursday, with plans for completing construction by 2020 labelled unrealistic by the state government. Despite $6 million being funnelled into the planning stage of the project since 2016, actual construction of the bypass has been delayed by at least six to eight years. Council's General Manager Fiona Plesman said Council and the RMS are working together, but cooperation is needed between state and federal governments. Our role is is minimal. Um, We advocate for the bypass, so we keep it on the agenda with the RMS um, because we we have regular discussions with the RMS. But for many years, we've been advocating for the construction of a bypass to improve the amenity um, of the township of Musselbrook. On Friday, State Labor pledged to provide $3 million for the restoration of Newcastle's historic Victoria Theatre if elected in March. The multi-million dollar investment would be delivered as a one-off grant to the theatre, which has been undergoing restoration work since 2015. Newcastle MP Tim Crackenthorpe said the project's completion would have fantastic benefits for the whole region. New South Wales Labor has a great arts policy which has not only put $14 million into the revitalisation of the art gallery but this $3 million today for the Victoria Theatre. We're not just going to invest in Sydney, uh, we're going to invest in all of the regions of Newcastle and the Hunter in particular. And a Virgin Australia flight made an emergency landing at Newcastle Airport on Friday. The plane was on its way from Brisbane to Sydney when a warning light activated in the cargo hold. Emergency services were called as a precaution, but it was unknown what caused the light's activation. All crew and passengers exited the plane safely and finished their trip to Sydney by bus.